morning, good afternoon, and good evening. However you're watching, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, and how are you listening, it is the Better Life Salute Detroit podcast. We got the squad here. New week, same faces. We got the Madman. We got Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Happy to be here. We have a defensive coordinator to talk about. I know you uh, reacted to it. We got some stuff up on LAFBnetwork.com. So excited to talk with you guys, but can't complain. Good weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing okay. I had two teeth taken out of my mouth today. So for the most part, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm still here. I'm here for the fans. I'm here for you guys. Look at that. <laughs> Jamal, Vegas how are you take living? you away. The dentist nope. take you away dedication jamal how are you doing doing well doing well fred great to see you you know it's a it seems like it's the highs and lows with, with you the last couple of shows you know i mean last show you know with the suit in vegas <laughs> i mean you were just uh on the cover of gq now you got some teeth pulled out i mean fred i'm just wishing you like a normal wednesday you know like let's just get back to homeostasis the, the well the teeth coming out was my choice it was either okay it was either braces or implant so I was just like, let's just go with the implant. And so this is the first part of it. So it was, it was it was my choice. So it's all right. I got the ibuprofen. It's gone for six hours. I'm good. I'm good enough to do the show. Nothing's going to stop me from doing the show. You fight on, right? There we go. Fight on. They fought on like Trojans. There you go. <laughs> so we got a new defensive coordinator, De'Anton Lynn. So just to give you guys a little recap. Thursday night. Was it Thursday night? Or was it? No. Mm-hmm. Friday, Friday night. Friday, mm-hmm. yeah. Friday night. When we got the news, we got the news, and it broke. Brian kind of got it kind of early. He got it really early, believe it or not, before everybody else. He did the right thing as a proper person should do. He waited for it to be official. Then when it became official, he sent it to us again, and I was like, I'm setting up. Let's go live. Let's do it right now. <laughs> and and Jamal's like, well, wait, hold on, hold on. And then Ryan's like, I'm writing a story. And that's how I end up doing it by myself. Like, we got to let this, we got to break this. We have to be the ones to break this. So we broke it. The excitement behind it was great. Then come to think about it, I I, I started thinking. Uh-oh. There were some there were some rumors going around about the reason why Jim Leonard didn't come is because he wasn't able to get full responsibility of his staff. So I wonder if that's what true with Deontay Lynn. If that is true with him, uh, it's going to, it's not going to be, it, I think it's going to be off or not, but that's the only negative I have. I threw it out there. Let's get rid of it. The positive is that he took UCLA's defense from, from zero to hero, Right. He's now at a school with more resources in football, and he has another opportunity to take a defense from zero to hero. If I'm not mistaken, Jamal, because you watch more UCLA football than I do. Yes, he's I a, do. He's a four-down guy, correct? Yep. Four-down guy. Mm-hmm. When we get in the defense, you remember how we're doing the, we're doing the roster thing today, and we're not doing it today because we have the dance on Lynn. They're going to have to live in the portal on the defense. And I know uh, we'll talk about that too, right? You, you, there was a press conference today. We'll get into the press conference. I think they they need to live in a portal on defense. They do need to get juniors, though. 
I don't think they need to get rental players. I think they need to get juniors. And the reason why I say that is because if they aren't good enough to go to pro, they come back, you got somebody established in the defense, but they also need to build depth. I'm excited about this because it's an NFL guy. He has a proven track record. And he we saw actually what he did on defense, and he did good things. UCLA's record last year was not because of the defense. UCLA's record last year is because they did not have a quarterback. SC has the opportunity. They either have two good quarterbacks waiting in the farm system, or they could go to the portal and get a guy and get a really good quarterback. I think, and I'm going to say this correctly, because I was excited on the live and I said they're going to win the national championship. I, I recant that statement. I think this puts them now in a better position to be a national contender. That's a better statement, right? Puts them in a position to be a national contender. I think they are a national contender now. There's still some things that we need to see. Building depth, what they do with the quarterback situation, how they do recruiting-wise, all those things. But Lincoln Riley has finally done the right thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's finally done something that we're like, like, uh, you know what I mean? The comments are, I can't believe he went and got a Bruin, blah, 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 this and that. Listen, this is a business. If the money's right, the opportunity's better, I got to go. And he did what he had to do. Had nothing to do with, I can't believe he got a broom. He's, I mean, I don't care. They could have went and got Ken Norton Jr. Ken Norton Jr. is a broom. He played at UCLA, but you guys will be happy to get him back, which they do need to get him on the staff. But I am excited about this pick. I pick up, I think it's a very good pickup, and I think it puts USC in the right place to become a national contender. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's a home run. Uh, great hire. I mean, we got to see him obviously playing at UCLA. We or coaching at UCLA. We saw a lot of him, but saw him firsthand. Trojans fans did, and at the Coliseum, what that defense was able to do, and in, in, in a short time, and comes from the uh, Baltimore Ravens tree, and has that NFL lineage. And you know, when he got to UCLA, and Jamal, you'll be able to speak on this a little more, but. If I'm not mistaken, outside of maybe Oladejau, I mean, it was returning almost the same defensive roster for the most part, and they were ranked like 87th overall last year and finished 11th this year. So, I mean, he had his fingerprints all over that defensive everything just getting better from top to bottom. And so when you look at that transformation in a short time, I think we can see you know, obviously we hope to see that with this Trojans team. We'll, we'll definitely see a transformation, whether it's from 132 top 10 we'll see but it'll definitely be a lot better for sure and and I think you know you get some of these players that you know you think of a Jamil Muhammad and I'm not at all comparing Jamil Muhammad to Layat Tilatu because Layat Tilatu is one of one and an absolutely transcending player is gonna be a first round pick but a guy that plays that edge position and could see the success that Latu had and it's like okay I'm coming back for my last year of eligibility and now I get this great coach and Deanne Talen how can he accelerate my game in that. So in terms of schematically, in terms of running a four man front, in terms of um, having the NFL pedigree, it's a home run, you know, that there's any, I don't even want to call it criticism, but just, you know, what we can sift through in terms of how you truly evaluate, um, you know, hasn't really ever had to recruit, obviously went to UCLA. When did he join Jamal in February, March last yep, year? February. Yep. So it wasn't really on the recruiting show. We've already seen him uh, since being with USC with Lincoln Riley on the recruiting trail. Um, he was in that photograph and, you know, kids in, in kids living rooms already. So it's good that, you know, he's taking him on those trips and, and getting him acclimated, but that will be something new, obviously 
which is why we'll see how the staff is built defensively uh, throughout this time. Um, the other one is, you know, how long is he going to stay? I mean, he was already a hot name after this season, and there were reports that USC wasn't the only ones that called him about him moving on, whether it was for other D.C. jobs or head coaching. So how long will he be at SC? Obviously, you don't make a hire for that reason, but, I mean, that's a very real thing that it could be a quick quick thing if he turns his defensive round. So um, I love it. I think it's a home run. We'll see how the staff finalizes out but um in terms of just the true hire i think it was a slam dunk we talked beforehand we thought it was a great pick talked at the game uh, at the victory bell that hey they shouldn't let him leave the coliseum for what he's able to do so um you know I, there are some other guys that, that would have been good as well but i mean you can't go wrong i think Deontay was a fantastic hire uh, before i get to jamal i will say this this is how we know Deontay lynn was hired a while ago when jamil muhammad decided to say he was when jamil muhammad decided to stay he knew about the Anton Lynn there. I guarantee you he knew about the Anton Lynn there. I will say this from experience. Coaches do get hired before we know, and some certain amount of paperwork have to clear. Jamal, you know this, too, like working in colleges. Like, there's the first part of paperwork has to clear. Like, all right, you can announce them. And then there's the other part of paperwork that's like HR stuff. But mostly it's like background check just to make sure he's not a criminal and then they'll give him the HR stuff that will, it's easy paycheck and everything. But he was hired. I say about a week and a half ago, if I was to guess Jamil Muhammad was the key indicator. Now that you say that, that he was announced to the team a week and a half ago. Go ahead, Jamal. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, you know, you, you had asked me Fred on, on the, the week of the victory bell, you know, who, who should be the defensive coordinator. And I told you the Anton Lynn, right. And so in, in that regard, it's, uh, it's exactly who I thought USC should go after. One of my concerns with the Jim Leonard's of the world and, you know, the Nebraska DC and, and some of the guys with the big 10 experience was, Look, outside of Ohio State and Michigan and a little bit of Penn State, the Big Ten just doesn't have very good offenses, and they just don't have very good skill people. And so you can find a way to sort of stat pad your way and have a really nice Big Ten resume, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're a very good coach. So I wasn't very much of a fan of the Jim Leonard's or some of the things Lincoln was saying earlier was kind of making me a little nervous when he said, well, we want sort of proven experience in the conference. And so it made you think that he was maybe going for more big 10 experience. And I'm happy he didn't do that because I think that would have been a mistake given how top heavy the, the big 10 was. I mean, to De'Anton Lynn, the transformation he did with UCLA this year was nothing short of remarkable. I mean, Ryan mentioned it. They were 86th in total defense this year, went up to number 11, but even beyond that, I mean, the last five years, UCLA has averaged to be the 73rd best defense in the country. And in one year, that very year, he comes in, not only are they 11th in total defense, they're top 10 in yards per completion, they're top 10 in rush yards per play, they're top 10 in total yards per play, they were top 10 for in scoring defense for the vast majority of the season as well. So, I mean, the concepts that he brought in, let's not forget USC's season low points uh, over the course of this season was tied between Notre Dame and UCLA. And it was kind of a garbage touchdown at the end that got SC off of the 13 point mark. And so that defense kind of totally perplexed and confused and shut down uh, that vaunted USC offense in a lot of ways with a lot of delayed pressure, with a lot of kind of over the top coverage and, and a lot of confusion on the back end as well. And so I think this was a tremendous get, obviously, 
anything was was sort of a credible upgrade over Alex Grinch. But I think USC has gone far beyond that in terms of getting DeAnton Lynn. I agree with Ryan. You know, he's such a hot name that if he has another big year at SC, this is probably a one or two year type of situation. But you got to go and make it happen. USC obviously was very aggressive in in offering him two million a year, which was double what he had at UCLA at one million a year. And I think it got into a bit of a bidding war over the course of that last week, and and USC uh, prevailed uh, and and rightfully so. Now Lincoln Riley has his defensive coordinator. He's already talked about how things are going to completely shift in the weight room in terms of practices, in terms of development. There's just a completely different philosophy that DeAnton Lynn is bringing, and so that you're very excited to hear that. I think the one sort of caveat here is moving forward, they really need to recruit aggressively and in the transfer portal this year because when you look at the front seven of USC and you look at the front seven of UCLA, UCLA was a far superior front seven. When you talk about Leatu Latu, when you talk about Gabriel and Grayson Murphy, when you talk about Jay Toya, when you talk about Keanu Williams, when you talk about Carl Jones Jr., there were a lot of playmakers on that UCLA front, and they just needed to be put in the right situation. When I look at USC's front, Solomon Bird is, is out of eligibility. I really like Jamil Muhammad. But if you look at Jamil Muhammad's season last year, six sacks, all six sacks came in the first six games of the season when the schedule was light. That back six, he had zero sacks, very few tackles for loss, when the competition was elevated, Jamil Muhammad really struggled, and as was the case with a lot of other players. So I think the question is going to be going into next year, at least with fans in Los Angeles, how much of it is DeAnton? How much of it is the players? How much of it was Ken Norton Jr.? How much of it was DeAnton Lynn? So I think there's still a little bit of element of mystery with DeAnton Lynn in terms of his production next year, but no question about it. I think this was a home run hire, and fans should be very excited moving forward. I wouldn't say both of you guys have said home run. I want to say home run. I would say it's a it's a great hit right now. The ball's still in the air. Let's go with that one. It sounds good off the bat right now, but we got to see the product because well, we I think be- Fred, that's with anyone, right? I, I don't know if there was sort of a home run hire that you could say, man, de facto, if they got that guy, all the questions have been answered. I think this is as good a hire as USC could have gotten in terms of the unknown variables of actually sort of needing to produce it on the field. But I think the commitment to defense, I think they're saying all the right things. You know, you have to sort of give credit where credit is due. I think Lincoln Riley made the right decision here. And now as he goes into year three with the defensive coordinator that everyone sort of has recognized as a very talented one, there are no excuses for Lincoln Riley. Now. <laughs> this is year three. It is put up or shut up, Lincoln. Okay, so this is year three. It's, he is coaching now for his legitimacy of whether or not he is an elite coach. We came in uh, to, to USC thinking he was an elite coach. These last two years have dented that perception. He has an opportunity to demonstrate that he is an elite coach. But if he doesn't get it done in year three, I don't think you can credibly say he is an elite coach at the college football level. So he's got everything he needs now. It's time to put it all together. I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, I'm just like you. I don't want to get too optimistic. I just want to wait and see because... I'm not saying there's anything about the hire. I love the hire. I think it was a great hire. I don't know how much he's handcuffed. That's the only reason why. I don't know, you know, with the rumors going around, I don't know how much he's handcuffed. I'm not against the hire. I think it was a great pickup. He doesn't have to move out of his house. You know what I mean? He just has a longer commute. But I like the fact, though, that you said they're going to change in the weight room. 
that is that's right there. That right there is saying like, all right, they're gonna change the way they practice. Like, so Lincoln is selling saying some things, and he is selling us some things. It's like, all right, he gets it. It's like he's been listening to us. You know what I mean? These are all the things we've been talking about. Like, man, the weight rooms, you know. So I like that fact that he's saying those things. That that right there, those are impressive things. I will. I want to ask you guys this question. I'll start with you, Jamal. What do you think Deanton Lynn needs? to be a hundred percent successful at USC. Fred, I think he needs, I think he needs sort of an emphasis. He needs to have sort of shots on goal from a recruiting standpoint. And I think he needs to be able to bring in his type of guys. And, and I think his type of guys, look, I think the key in modern college football is you have to be very talented offensively. You got to have a great quarterback and you have to have a really great front seven. I think, I think, the the secondary in college football is sort of the equivalent of running back in the NFL. I think it's a it's a commoditized position. I don't think it matters that much. And so I think we the the, the when you look at UCLA secondary, UCLA secondary was actually a pretty below average secondary this year. So everything that DeAnton Lynn has gotten in terms of respect, adulation, praise is all because of that front seven at UCLA. And so. I think he needs to be in a situation where he's able to get big, physical, versatile pass rushers, guys in the interior, and guys that are very versatile in that front seven. I think he needs to be able to do that, A, from a personnel standpoint. B, I think he needs the freedom to be able to institute his philosophy with very little input from Lincoln Riley. He needs to be able to sort of control things end-to-end, nutrition, weight room, development, uh, player acquisition, scheme. You know, he needs to sort of have a sense of autonomy in terms of what he wants to do and he who he wants to do it with. And then C, I think he needs to be sort of put in a position of success as well, where offensively, you know, with Lincoln Riley, you got to put your defense in good situations, situational football. I think if he, go, if he gets those three things, I think he's in a position to succeed very well at USC. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we, we just need, I think, some players in here to see how this how this is going to work and how quickly they can turn it around. I mean, the, the transfer portal right now, there's some some big names, and they're going to have to hit some of those on this defensive side. And and they've they've put a lot of offers in on recruits now to try to flip some guys. And you know, we're going to see. I think we're going to see some. I'm going to hopeful see some really positive stuff here over the next month before December 20th, um, just based on you know all the new. Um, all the new um, offers are given to recruits, a bunch of offers are given to in the transfer portal already. Um, you know, we saw Joey Slackman, they offered over the, the, the Penn uh, defensive lineman, big body dude, Walter Nolan from Texas A&M is in the portal. He's been linked to USC. So, I mean, if you can just get those bodies like Jamal was saying, and, and as Lincoln Riley said today in his press conference, like they're going to put all resources and do whatever it takes to make this defense great, which I think is good to hear. And it, and he said, which I liked, doesn't matter who's on this staff right now. They want the best defensive staff in football. doesn't matter if they're here now or outside. And so giving Anthony Lynn the keys of the car, giving him all the resources that USC has to offer and making sure they get the players in this system that can turn things around quickly, um, which was another point of emphasis. He says, we want to turn this around as fast as possible. So I think it's just, you know, giving him whatever he wants. Say, what do you want? What do you need? And let's go make it happen. There's your Stone Brewery Cultures Report brought to you by Stone Brewery. Pick it up at yeah, retailers today. <laughs> there it is. Hey, so um, and I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. 
and, and and don't kill me for this. I think this year they need to be heavy in the transfer portal. And the reason why they need to be heavy is that they need to go get some depth on the defense. And um, remember the Oregon show with my brother, and I was telling him, like, if Bear gets hurt, there is nobody else to 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 play, right? And the Cal game was a perfect example of Bear being out the first half. Like, there was a difference between Bear being in and Bear not being in. I'm not saying Bear is the end all be all, but I'm just using that as depth wise. There need to be a, there needs to be a situation where if if Bear and we're just using Bear as an example because he's the starting D lineman, he was the name of the defense. If Bear gets hurt, the next guy that comes in needs to be just as good as Bear. He needs to be a tick tick like less than Bear, but there shouldn't be any defense. Any excuse me, any difference. The only way you could do that now is to go get experienced guys. So I I will say this on defense, they need to live in the transfer portal. I'm not saying go get rental players, go get juniors, go get even sophomores that are good or not far off, right? They need to live in the transfer portal. This year should be a 50-50 year, right? This is year three. According to mine, it's 80-20, 60-40, They should be at 50-50, 50% transfer portal, 50% high school. And next year it should flip, you know. And they should be 60% high school, 40% transfer. Following year, they should be 80-20. And then they should, they should be plugging in transfer portal guys. They messed it up so bad that they have to go live in the portal this year on defense. It is what it is. They have to build depth. And the fastest way to build depth right now is in the portal. If this was back when I played, you just have to go build it off for recruiting and hopefully you get some Juco transfers. I'm okay with that. It is what it is. I know it's not the culture. I know he's talking about it's not the culture. But also, I understand the best situation possible for them to win. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like right now the best situation possible for them to win and for them to build depth on defense is in the transfer portal. So it is what it is. I know I sound like I'm talking against myself, but I'm just I'm – just, I'm like Al Davis. Just win, baby. So if that's how you get it done, that's how you need to get it done. Before we continue going, I want to let you guys know that Bet Online is brought to- – Excuse me, Salute Troy is brought to you guys by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you go to get all your up to date lines, stats, and wages. Bet Online is the hottest place to go. NFL season is winding down. College basketball is starting up. Pro basketball is starting up. If you want to get all the action, go to betonline.ag, put in promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A B, and we will give you a 50% match bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. So moving on, it's the day. It. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. Coach, can I say one thing real quick about the Anton? I mean, I think it's uh, yeah. Ryan said it best. I mean, I think it's it's I, I believe this is this is a home run. He's a great hire. If there is any criticism about the Anton, it is one of two things. One is he was only a defensive coordinator in college for one year. And to Ryan's point, he didn't get a chance to recruit. He didn't really get a chance to kind of go end to end with things. That seems to be changing given he's on the trail with Lincoln and doing all these great things. The only other blemish that you could make an argument of, of DeAnton Lynn's kind of credibility is UCLA did not play the best teams in the Pac-12 this year. They didn't play Oregon. They didn't play Washington. When they played Oregon State, they gave up 36. When they, gave up, when they played Arizona, that line got moved around a little bit. So that's the only sort of blemish you could say. Now, I think in UCLA's case, a lot of that had to do with quarterback play, turnovers, interceptions, putting the defense in a bad spot. I think against Arizona, there seemed to be some internal locker room conflict that wasn't really necessarily sort of on the field scheme. 
So I don't believe that that really has anything to do with DeAnton Lynn. But that's the only thing you can sort of point to in terms of his on-the-field performance, that, hey, we haven't really seen it against the best teams. And so is it there or is it not there? That would be the only question because where USC needs to go in terms of their aspirations when you look at next year you know, against LSU in the opener, when you look at the fact that they got to go at Michigan, when you look at the fact that now this is going to be a playoff of 12 teams, you got to win four elite games to win a national championship. Those are the teams that you're going to have to go through to ultimately get to where you want to go. So that would be the only question that I want to sort of bring up there. I don't think it's going to be an issue because I think he's just done a, a tremendous job in one year, but that's the one blemish on Miss America right now. There's actually two, the fact that he spent the year at UCLA, but we won't go there. <laughs> All right, so thank uh, you for that. Fred, who, who has the victory bell exactly this year? Who's got uh, the victory bell? I know you is, love that. This, this I know salute. you love the victory this, bell. I'm, Jam- just, I'm, just, I'm just asking a question. Jamal, this is, salute, <laughs> this, this is salute to Troy. This I'm just asking the question. <laughs> the, we have the victory. We need a little bit more cash for our collector, so we gave the victory. We loaned the victory bell to UCLA. <laughs> Speaking of best dress, Jamal, you dress pretty good too. Look at you. So, I mean, it must be it must be a uh, fashion season over here. Uh, no, man, I'm just coming straight from work here. You know, I I don't have uh, as strong an excuse as getting two teeth pulled out, but you know, racing <laughs> home from work. I got you. Hey, so. I mean, this is crazy to say. It's free agent today marks the opening of free agency in college football, right? <laughs> Who would have thought it? Right? This is it's it's insane. So, free agency open today. I will say this, and I'm not even surprised because I kind of knew from the hire. There's not a mass exodus at SC right now. Like for the most part, guys are staying put, and I'm. I'm impressed with that. I thought there'll be a mass exodus. There isn't. There's mass exodus in other places where I'm like completely surprised, like Oklahoma, right? And um Ohio State. Ohio State, right? They they I, I knew about so I think we should offer that linebacker. That linebacker is like the top linebacker in the portal right now. I don't remember his name, but he's the top linebacker in the portal. But SC for the most part, it's Guys who didn't play, right? It's um, Relique Brown, and Relique Brown had a great freshman year, but he got caught. I don't. I will tell you this: a lot of people is probably like, "What's happened?" This happens to a lot of freshmen who have good years. They don't get better, right? They kind of get like, "Oh, I'm the guy," and they don't get better. I don't think he got better, and that's my opinion, just from experience of coaching. I just didn't think he get better. Got better. The safety into the portal, he didn't play, so I mean, and I told you guys my opinion about him offline. I won't say it on here. Um, but for the most part, that's all. That's all we have in the portal right now, right? Or am I missing anybody else? We just Jude have Wolf tight end, and that's it right now. Jude Wolf is in the portal. Yeah, I went in the portal. Shut the. No, this is yeah. radio. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why? I didn't realize you were such a Jude Wolf, you know, yeah, uh, you know, follower, you know, Fred. No, well, 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 we talked about it as far as roster. Yeah, yeah, that... with, with Deuce. If, if Deuce goes, becomes Aaron Judge 2.0. No, 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 no. When we talked about the tight ends, I thought Jude Wolf would be a good guy to stay mm-hmm. and because he'll be a veteran guy because he already knows the system. But now that you say it, it makes sense he's a grad year, and a lot of universities are like, uh, we don't want to pay for your grad school. So it makes yeah. sense. Like, we don't want to pay for another year of grad school. That's – oh, it, it's unfortunate, but I wish him the best yeah. of luck. He's a Trojan fly. 
Yeah, I mean he's been here a while. So and then uh, Darwin Barlow. That's that's it so far. The running back. Darwin Barlow is the, the senior, right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Grad school yeah. transfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's fine. Um, but yeah, those are look. Relique went. He got lost in the wash. He's not. I mean, here's the thing about the portal, right? If you can't fill a hole in California, you're not going to be able to fill a hole in Miami. Right. <laughs> going to the portal is not going to change the player you are. Here's where I am for the portal. If you're a guy like Jude Wolf, you've been there for four years. You just didn't get that starting opportunity. You're going to give it a shot somewhere else. He's gave it a he's gave it a legit try. It's not working here. Let me go try somewhere else. You know what I mean? Uh Darwin Barlow has a grad year, gave it a legit try. Let me go somewhere else. Um, those guys, if you get caught in the wash, you're in your junior season, like, man, I'm not gonna play here. Let me try somewhere else. Give it a shot. Relique Brown, I think he should have gave him one more year and one more try. to. He should have fought to try to get his spot back. Relique Brown getting into the portal, to me, is him giving up. There are guys who give up and don't want to compete. There's, so the, there's two guys in the portal, the guys who are caught in the wash and want to give it a try somewhere else, and there are guys who are afraid to compete. I'm afraid of the guys who are afraid to compete. Those guys are the guys that scare me. But when you have a mass exodus from a university, like all the people leaving Oklahoma, it might be worth looking at some of those guys. They played on the field and they were starters. It might be worth looking. But let me get back to I I, I went off on attention. I'm sorry. All I'm saying is this that I am happy that there's not a mass exodus at USC right now. And that's a good sign. That's us building depth. You know what I mean? We just need to be careful. Not to get rental players in the player. This year, if I'm the portal, if I'm Lincoln Riley, me, just me, I'm going to get juniors and sophomores, sophomores and juniors. If I go get a senior, it's a guy that's making an impact right now, right? I need a, a like, a, a Michael Penix. <laughs> I need a Michael Penix in the portal. I need somebody that's just extremely Mel Kuyper's top 10 draft. I think this year, they need to build depth and get better up front with the portal. So, and not and create guys to create the culture. So, that's where I am with the portal. So, overall, with the portal, I'm happy there's no mass exodus at SC. That means the culture is better than we thought. But the culture issues that we're seeing are different. But at least it shows that they're happy inside the locker room. And I just hope that in the portal, we make good decisions and not get rental players and get guys who want to be there and want to see the program succeed. I'll pass it to you, Jamal, about the portal. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree there, Fred. I mean, I think the mass exodus that we're seeing at places like Ohio State, for instance, you know, that has a lot to do with Ryan Day exploring his NFL options. I think the moment players get a sense that a coach may be one foot out the door, um, that really will spook, uh, you know, obviously 18 to 22-year-olds, and rightfully so. I think what you're seeing uh, out of Oklahoma – I don't know if it's an exodus, but I think it's one of those situations like Dylan Gabriel. I think he's being coached by Brent Venables, who's more of a defensive guy. I think he wants to kind of get into a situation where he can kind of showcase more of his skills. Looks like he's going to go to Oregon now. And so I think it's sort of different situations uh, depending on the school. I, I am happy that there isn't a, a mass exodus at USC on the defensive side. But, Fred, the question is, who are they competing with? There's not enough good players on defense. They shouldn't be transferring because the best situation <laughs> for them is at USC, at, at the current state right now. I mean, 
who are these guys going to be competing with in terms of the front seven? So I think, yes, it's great. To me, what it signifies is that Lincoln Riley's not going anywhere next year. He's kind of assured the players that and that there's stability and the coaching ranks, which comforts players to stay. Um, but I think there's a lot of work to be done, to your point, in terms of the transfer portal, both defensively and offensively. I think there might actually be need to be more work offensively or just as much than there is defensively. When you talk about new quarterback, Marshawn Lloyd going, your two top receivers going, there's still deep questions at the offensive line. There's a lot of recruiting that needs to take place on both sides of the ball. So Lincoln Riley's going to be a busy guy here these next couple of weeks with De'Anton Lynn as well as without him on the offensive side of the ball. So this is going to be a really critical next month for the Trojans to figure out who they are and, and what is kind of a reasonable ceiling uh, for them in 2024 because they got to get him improved on both trenches, both sides of the trenches, and then figure out obviously who the signal caller is going to be and then who's going to be kind of rounding out that front seven. Miller Moss. We'll find out. We'll get a look at Miller Moss. And don't you don't you put that on us, Ricky Bobby. Marshawn Lloyd has not made a, has not made any decision yet. He has. Marshawn, he's gone. He's going pro. He's going. Yeah. He, when did I, why didn't you tell me this, Ryan? <laughs> you didn't ask. He announced yesterday. Oh, that's so disappointing. Marshawn's gone. So no yeah. Marshawn Lloyd. Now Barlow gone. No Relique Brown. So you're, you're, you got Joyner and Peterson, the two young kids. So you're going to need it. to go get somebody, yeah. uh, you know, at running back as well. I think you need to round out, you know, I think the receivers, like we talked about, are enough right now. But if one goes, I think you need to do something there. And then obviously it's it's the Miller Moss experience here in San Diego, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited. I'm a Miller Moss yeah. fan. I think he's good I am enough. too. I am too. Yeah. Can't wait. Ryan, what do you think about the portal? Yeah, uh, it's only about the portal. And then, yeah, I, have, I wanted to mention something on Moss too. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's been wild. I think the thing that doesn't get talked about maybe enough uh, yet is truly how, whether you want to call it important or, or whatever adjective you want to use, but how big NIL is in some of these kids deciding to change. Cause rightfully so we talk about like, Oh, are they, are they, is it competing? Is it not enough playing time? Um, but I think NIL has a huge factor in that as well. And even, even today, uh, Riley was asked about um, uh, recruiting and how much NIL, and he, he just said flat is like some kids really don't care, and some kids that's a huge factor for them. And we saw today that Texas A&M wide receiver basically come out, he's in the portal saying, I was promised all these things. Everyone thinks I'm a millionaire and I wasn't even getting any bread. And I think that's a lot. These NIL collectives and these programs are telling these 18-year-old kids, like, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you this. They don't get it after a year. These kids are pissed and they leave. They, they could could have nothing to do with the coach, nothing to do with playing time. I mean, like you you said, coach, like some of these Oklahoma players were were starters that were getting ample playing time. These were five star recruits at Ohio State. They were going to be next stars. I mean, McCord, their quarterback is leaving. Who was just in a, the big game against Michigan. And so, yeah. there's other factors, but I think NIL is a huge thing. And when these programs and NIL collectives overpromise and underdeliver, that's just another factor to this whole new free agency of college football. And so. Aside yeah, from Ryan, it's such a recruiting. it's such a great point that you made about that because even when you hear guys like Matt Rule talking the last couple of weeks and other coaches discussing the open market of nil and they're talking about the Cam Wards and they're talking about Uyunglele and they're talking about Dante Moore and they're talking mm. about Childs and all of these guys and essentially what they were saying is the going rate for a top ten quarterback in the portal is a million is between one and a half and two million dollars. And so, I mean, that is a staggering amount of money. 
And it it's also very consistent with what Lincoln Riley said a couple of weeks ago, you know, in his interview with The Athletic. And I, the, the quote that sort of caught everybody is that, hey, I'm going to be at SC, period. I'm not going anywhere. But no one quoted the rest of that sentence, which I to me was the key part of that whole sentence. And he said, as long as SC is going to continue to support and invest, I will be here. It was a very conditional statement. So when you talk about things like nil and collectives and how much resources you have in delivering on those promises of those kids, it is a, a significant amount. This is we are getting into a very dangerous place in college football and college sports where We're it here. is so transactional We're here, now. It's it's here. It's so transactional, Fred, to your point, where it's it's pay to play and whoever's gonna give me the most money, I'm going. I don't really have a ton of loyalty. I don't really sort of care about anything else other than the bottom line. And it's going to be really hard to be able to build culture in this new era. And I think the best coaches moving forward, there was a time when the best coaches were the best X's and O's guys. Then there was a time when the best coaches were the best recruiters. Now I believe in this new era of nil, transfer portal, 12-team playoff, I think the best coaches are going to be the best culture builders. Whoever can build culture in this era of having one and dones and two and dones and whoever is going to sort of emerge as like the Calipari or the Coach K of, the, of college football, I think they are the ones that are going to rule moving forward. Yeah, so um, that is a good point. I was going to ask you guys. Oh, let's, let's end it on this. Let's end it on the. Oh, I'm gonna end it on two things, but first, let's end it on this. Cam Ward and Cardinal and Gold. Would you want to see that? Yes or no? Yes. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, Jamal. Yeah, I mean, I think he fit. He fits Lincoln Riley's system the best of whoever is available. I'm not a big Howard guy of Kansas State. I think he's a little too big. I don't think he's sort of mobile enough against quick defenses. But when you look at kind of the history of. Lincoln Riley system with, uh, you know, with with OU and and the air raid, you know, Kyler Murray and Caleb and Baker. Cam Ward is built very similarly and stylistically to those players, so I think he would be the best fit uh, for Lincoln Riley moving forward next year. All right, and coach, Last, they they go, then they will ahead. they will add one quarterback in the portal, depending who it is, but they will add one. But Miller Moss will have a fair shot at the starting job. So they love Miller Moss, but they'll they'll add one, I think, for sure. I love Miller Moss too. He gets a he he gets an audition and I hope he does very well. I'm rooting for Miller Moss. I hope he does very well. Um, here we go. Last one, question. One thing before you get the last question, because one thing I wanted to say about Miller Moss, just to oh, pat him on ahead. the back. Cause I know we've talked about culture and Candace always talks about like who wants to be a Trojan and and Miller Moss is like the true Trojan, right? Like grew yeah. up in Mission Hills. Wanted to be a Trojan. There's pictures of him wearing the Cardinal and Gold jersey. He came here under a different coach, was third string behind Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart transferred. Miller Moss stayed. Caleb Williams came. Miller Moss stayed. Like, he is a true Trojan. So I hope he's he, he has a real true fair shot, which isn't like he will. But if everyone out there is wanting someone that truly wants to be here, like, he's your guy. I will no, say I've always said, Ryan, that I think that the best thing – Lincoln Riley can do for long-term success for USC. It may not be for the best thing for the 2024 season, but the best thing for the area under the curve of his contract would be to start Miller Moss next year, because I think mm -hmm. that's how you build culture. I think it's great that Miller Moss has stayed his loyalty, his commitment to USC. I think if he were to reward that, I think it would speak volumes about the type of culture that he's building. It would be great. Obviously Miller Moss is going to be there next year. 
But if he's just kind of sitting on the sideline again with a clipboard to the next transfer portal guy, the next one and done, I just I worry deeply about this one and done cycle, particularly at quarterback. I think it's going to be really hard to build culture. And I hope that Lincoln Riley is mindful about who he brings in here um, in terms of running his team. Uh, I, I will say this. Here's another thing, too. Uh, John David Booty wasn't Matt Leinart or Carson Palmer, but John David Booty won. And John David Booty has the most touchdowns in Rose Bowl history, right? With eight. You know what I mean? So he doesn't have to be a Heisman winner, but he just has to be good enough, you know what I mean, to to get them over the hump. So I'm all for Miller Moss. So he does have to he doesn't have to win a Heisman, but just take care of the ball and, and be an efficient quarterback and everything it will take care of itself. Hey, Here let's you go. go set some holiday bowl records. Let's go there set go. some holiday bowl records. No, 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 no. Let's go set Rose Bowl records. Come on, Ryan. Don't I mean, I mean, I mean this month. I mean this month. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I got you. Here we go. Last one. Controversial. We'll be real quick about it and we'll wrap it up. If you guys are on the committee and at number four C came, are you taking Florida State or Alabama? Let's start with you, Ryan. Florida State or Alabama. I'm taking Florida State. I know they're not the same team, but hey, you never know. Cardell Jones won the national championship as a third-string quarterback at Iowa State. I'm not saying that's where Florida State's offense is at, but they, their defense has still played really well. Why play the games if you if you don't reward them? I get it. The eye test, Alabama's maybe better. But Alabama, last thing I'll say, they played Chattanooga on November 18th. For me, that automatically disqualifies it. You play Chattanooga at the second-to-last game of the season, and then you barely beat Auburn, and, and, before, and Auburn lost to New Mexico State and all this, like, are you yeah, struggling against I'd, USF? I'd, yeah, I'd put Florida State in. Jamal? Uh, they got it right. No question about it. And, oh, you got to uh, explain it. Why. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and here's why I think if you're going for the four best teams, this is the four best teams in the country. If you're going for the four most deserving teams, that's a different conversation altogether. The one thing I'll say about the Florida State thing, I, I'm heartbroken for them. And I'm heartbroken for their team and their coach and Jordan Travis and all of their players. Uh, but I think it's hard to say that this is one of the four best teams in college football. I think everyone loves to give the Cardell Jones comparison. Here's the difference between Cardell Jones, Ohio State, and what happened here. Cardell Jones had 257 yards and three touchdowns in that Big Ten championship game as the third stringer when they beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing. So when they saw Cardell Jones as the third stringer, most of the committee thought it was an upgrade over JT Barrett and Braxton Miller. Here, you had two games against a, a Florida team that's not going to make a bowl game and against a Louisville team. They did not look like one of the four best teams. They look completely one-dimensional. They, they basically look like a glorified version of Iowa these last two weeks. There's no way you can credibly say this is one of the four best teams in college football. On the flip side, Alabama had maybe the single greatest victory of any team this year. I mean, to go up against the two-time defending national champions, 29-game winning streak on a neutral field, and go and ultimately win that game, I think they absolutely got it right. And if there's nothing else that you believe, and Fred, I think you'll appreciate this being a player, just go and look at Michigan's war room and their banquet when it was announced that Alabama was going to be the four seed instead of Florida State was going to be the four seed and the stunned silence and the moans and you know they did not look like a team that was excited to play Alabama they wanted Florida State because they knew it was an easier game and so the players even sort of indicated who that would be 
I think the committee got it absolutely right. It was a bold move. It was a move that, you know, they stuck to their guns. I give them a lot of credit, but Alabama, no question about it, is is one of the four best teams in the country. And I, I'll be very honest with you. When you look at Alabama's maturation at the quarterback position and just their overall roster, for a guy that's won seven national championships, this is probably Nick Saban's best coaching job. And that says a lot about uh, what they were able to do this year. And I think a lot of coaches can look at Saban's 2023 year and take some notes. I, I, I will say this. Beating Georgia was not a big feat because Georgia had one of the easiest schedules. I don't care how you put it on paper and this and that. They played the bottom of the SEC this year. And then to give them the strength of schedule just because they were in the SEC to me is a bunch of crap. But I don't even understand what the strength of schedule argument is for Florida State. I mean, Florida State's best win was Louisville. I mean, they they both teams played LSU. Both teams beat LSU. Florida State didn't play another ranked team outside of Louisville that finished in the top 25. Alabama I, played uh, two New Year Six teams in, in Ole Miss and Georgia and beat them both. So I'm not really sure I completely understand this idea. Was the SEC the best conference in college football this year? Absolutely not. The Pac-12 was. There's no question about that. But when you're talking about the four best teams in college football, I think Alabama's earned the right with their performance against Georgia to be one of those four teams. I, I mean, I, I people say that they go off the best team. And I just don't think the reason why, and I, I get the reason why they did it. We'll have 12 next year. We won't have this problem. They're off. The heat is already off of them. Right. But I, I, I'm more looking of it at looking at it as a player. And when you have a player say, man, I wish I didn't break my leg. Are we what like how do as a coach you tell your team you did everything right? It was just out of our control. You know what I mean? Like there there's certain things it's just I I don't agree with it because at the end of the day they're still kids, right? And absolutely the money I'm heartbroken for them. The only Go thing ahead, I don't get the only thing I don't get then, um, because obviously that's what it came down to was the quarterback, is why did they have them still at four then going into the championship? Why not just knock them back after the injury? After right. the Florida game. Because After the, Florida the committee game, will never make the decision until they have to, right? I mean, that's just good <laughs> governance, right? Why Why would you do it? Because if Louisville beats you, then you don't even have to make the decision in the first place. That's just yeah. called being smart, right? I mean, that's, the, you know, that that's sort of corporate America 101. You're not going to make the decision unless you have to. Yeah, I just, it, it's just hard. I, it, it, it sucks because money got in the way of, of the players. Now, I will say this. I think Florida State should have got in. They were undefeated. I don't, and they pull strength to schedule. They say the quarterback got injured and those types of things. That's a part of the game, and you can't use a part of the game against them. You can't control injury. So now you're saying, "Oh, I got to keep guys healthy," and this is what you're starting to create. You're going to create a system where, if I got a chance to go to the, this is what they created now. If I got a chance to go to the national championship and I'm playing a bad team, I'm not going to play my starting quarterback. Right. Well, that's an intentional choice. I mean, you're going to get penalized for an intentional choice in that regard. I why would I get penalized? Standpoint, because because you're why are you not playing the guy? Right. I mean, that I, I think that that's not quite apples to apples there, Fred. That's an apples to oranges. The one thing I'll say is how many times on this show over the course of the season did we say, if you take Caleb Williams off of this USC team, this is a three or four win team. And it was the exact same argument that the committee used. When you take Jordan Travis off of Florida State, they are no longer a 13-0 and top four team. So how is, how is that an acceptable analogy for talking about the greatness 
of Caleb Williams, which he is great. And how is that then not consistent with saying that a team like Florida State is not significantly compromised as a result of that? Well, I'll regress into the New Year's Six Bowl. And if they win the New Year's Six Bowl, they need to hang a national championship banner. Sure, and they, absolutely. And they, Split and the they, championship. I mean, a, they, they got a they, shot at the AP. Absolutely. I, and, I got no issue with that. And they need to go to the White House. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, business got in the way of it. But, and like, like, and that's business too. Like, oh, well, it's off our back. We already fixed it. Next year, we won't have this problem. So you guys can complain all you want. We'll get through the New Year's Six, and next year, you guys will forget about it. So they know how to keep the masses happy. It is what it is. But, hey, we ran a little bit late. I apologize about that, Ryan. But it's always been fun. Love hanging out with you guys. Guess what? We get to do it again on Thursday. We'll talk O-line. Let's talk O-line on Thursday. That one's going to be Hopefully fun. Hopefully we'll have some portal news by then. I mean, at the way this thing is going, it's fast yeah. and furious. We need mm-hmm. we we need O-line portal news bad because oh, it's going to be, this I don't is think be a It's not as bad as you think, actually. Yeah, I mean, they're high on some of the freshmen, but, yeah. you know, when you're banking on freshmen, you know, you know, you, you're, you know, it's it's a little problematic after put it like this. After our Thursday show, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get we're going to get a lot of a lot of uh, agrees from our Sooner fans. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Hey, I enjoy being with you guys. I enjoy the fans watching. Love you guys. We appreciate you guys. It's been fun. Hey, it's been so fun. Let's do it again Thursday, guys. How about that? How's that sound? Sound good? Always. You guys know how it goes. This has been a, the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast with Free Fight On. <laughs>